Hey there, you Saturday reviewers. This week, let's talk about Arcane. It's 1997 all over again. Some new trailers, GTA, but our way, and our review of The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't know about you, Willie, but I can't wait to go back to the Fury Road. So let's lurk. What's up, reviewers? Starting us off this week, I watched the entirety of Arcane. This came out a while back, and I had several friends say, you should probably check this out. And I was like, my best friend Willie says cartoons are for children. I'm going to ignore all animated features for the rest of my days. What is your issue? I watched this start to finish in one day. You did? This... TV show, in my opinion, is one of the best animated shows to have ever existed. How do you like this and then not go for something like we've talked about for the past few weeks? How are you not interested in these other cartoons? Because none of those have like a 9 plus rating on IMDb. I absolutely loved this thing. Having no idea what it was about. Having no idea who any of these characters were. As a standalone, non-League of Legends acolyte, this thing had me on the edge of my seat for every single episode. I started watching episode one, and I paused halfway through. I had to get up in the middle of the show, and I was like, what did I just stumble upon? <laughs> How is nobody talking about this? It is insane. It is like when you start watching a show, and you're like, it, it can't. It can't be this good. Spider-Verse level animation. Stellar cast featuring Haley Steinfeld as like the main actor. And then the storyline, which kind of like tugs at your heartstrings and then tears them out as the show progresses and ends on one of the most infuriating cliffhangers because you're like, oh my God. Gosh, they're going to end right there. Who knows if the show is even coming back. Thankfully, yes, it is coming back next year. But like the the evolution of characters you think right away who are good people into like imperfect characters and other people who you think are villains kind of like not being so bad, more kind of a grayish thing. Like in terms of overall shows, you are right, Willie. This is one of the things that if you like animation and have been sleeping on it, now is the time. Things are cold. You're snuggled up. Burn through this. You will enjoy every minute of it. We'll see. I would say we review this right when season two drops. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Great idea. Scott, Hollywood's got to stop. They, they need to get their shit together. If history repeats itself again, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> In 1997, what a great year for film. You know, you had wonderful movies like uh, Dante's Peak. And uh, what was that other Volcano movie? I think it's just called Volcano. Yeah. And then you had uh, uh, Deep Horizon and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Armageddon. Yeah. You know, sometimes people just gravitate to a certain trope and they say, Let's give it a shot. We're going to do our take on it. And so 
I'm talking about Godzilla. The Godzilla. There was a new trailer that dropped this week for Godzilla minus one. Post-war Japan, it's the lowest point uh, when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. People are saying that this movie is stunning. Meanwhile, you and I are sitting here watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters, clearly a Godzilla show. <laughs> We're going to be then, talking about another Godzilla trailer that's dropping. Rewind even a little bit before that. 2021, two years ago, Godzilla versus Kong. 2019, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Can we give it a break? Do any of these movies resonate with you? I hate to burst your bubble, but I am here for the monster verse. I want more giant beasts beating each other up, destroying cities, and, uh, you know, giving me a spot to just plop down in front of and shovel popcorn and candy into my gullet. There That's what is the ants say when I'm masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. You do have a problem. <laughs> oh, man. The, the thing is, I think you're wrong, Willie. I think I have to disagree because what you were describing before in 1997 is a copycat problem. Here, we're just getting iterations of the same character. It's not like Volcano and Dante's Peak were the same volcano and just had, you know, different stories on opposite sides of the volcano. It's just two separate volcano movies. Like, I have a volcano movie. This person, hey, can you write a script about a, about a volcano movie that's, you know, will market it as a volcano movie, but it's not actually about a volcano. It's about the human condition involving a volcano. <laughs> and, and then you just see, like, which one works out best. It's, it was very weird market testing. Now, if we had Godzilla in all his glory, and then another studio came out and was like, um, we're going to have Megazilla or Megasaur. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, the Meg movies. And the Sharknado mm-hmm. movies, you know, like they're just kind of trying to parody off of it and gain a following so that they can come out with Sharknado 2, 3, 4 through 17. I would say that's more likely. But what, what's what, what's wrong with the monsters? What, what do you got against Godzilla? It's not like it's a Marvel. It's not like Godzilla is out and then they gave Mothra their own movie and, you know, all these other characters came out. It's it's all about us going into war, nuclear war, and the literal fallout that will happen from it. I mean, to be fair, I think that this is the right time to do big monster films because CG is at a place where, dude, I mean, you can do some phenomenal stuff and it feels grounded, it feels believable. Uh, It's to the point now where oftentimes you'll watch a movie and not even realize how much CG is in it. Yeah, you, you're totally suspended in disbelief. But I don't know, man. I, I just like big monster flicks are not my thing. Well, we can't all be right. But what can be right is a couple of trailers that really nailed the feel, I think, of the upcoming movies and shows like Fallout. As an avid gamer, maybe not as much as you, but... Somebody who has played the most recent Fallout franchise Mm -hmm. and the one prior and has seen all the memes on the Reddits 
for years and years and years. This trailer for Fallout, brought to you by free two-day shipping, where available, <laughs> is, uh, is, is got me so jazzed and terrified because of who's behind it. Who? Who? From the creators of Westworld, Willie. Oh, <laughs> okay. that show. All right. I trust. I trust a little bit more. Yeah, that show was so good, but it is very disturbing. And you're going to take some of the storylines from Fallout, which, if you've played the games, are are not pretty. Mm. They're if if you think of dystopian uh, anything, imagine the worst of the worst, irradiated monsters who aren't just like actual beasts we're talking like humans who are the monsters that is going to be a huge theme of the fallout uh i guess it's a series it's not a movie it's a series i wonder if they can ground it in a similar fashion to the last of us the last of us as as a series you haven't watched it yet have you no no not yet i i genuinely scott i think it's one of the best seasons of television ever made it's not scary. I promise you. I made you watch Prey. What did you think? Did I was it scary? I watched Prey and no. It wasn't scary. It was just awesome. <laughs> it was right? Like it was such a good movie. Yeah, so good. I want to see another one. I know. Thank you. Okay. And so I'm telling you, as a friend, as your best friend, start watching The Last of Us, man. You got to get on board. It is so like arcane. If you think Arcane is good, Last of Us holds up with it in a different way. Whenever season two is announced to like be released, I will watch okay. it right before that. God, it's going to be another year before he watches it. He's never going to remember this. <laughs> Lurkers, set a reminder right now. Season two announcement. Scott has to watch this. Thank you very much, please, and, and thank you. Speaking of things that Willie will need to watch with me when I eventually make him go see this... Kong vs. Godzilla was last year's film or two years ago. Now it's called Kong X Godzilla. And as we all know, X is going to give it to you. The trailer makes it look like Kong has a challenger. So imagine Rise of the Planet of the Apes, except the apes are as tall as the Empire State Building. This is another example where it's like, just give it a break. We don't need to see this, dude. What are we talking about? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want so many more of these movies. We've got a lot of stuff to preview. You watched a bunch of previews. Today, I watched a full freaking movie. The only what? way to watch this movie right now is to buy it. Do you Have you heard of a little movie called The Creator? Did you buy it or did you uh, sail the seven seas? I bought it. Wow. Is that a Hanukkah so, gift to yourself? It's starring John David Washington, which, if you're unaware, is Denzel Washington's son. And if you close your eyes when the movie starts, you think Denzel Washington's in it. They sound the same. It's unbelievable. <laughs> They're both uh, great the, actors. The second character is... Uh, uh, played by uh, somebody named Madeline Yuna uh, Voiles. It's a uh, young kid actress. Scott, this I, I'm just going to preview this for you right now. When you went and saw 
the last three Star Wars movies. The CG, the sci-fi world that was created yes. was probably yes. the standout part of those movies, right? Yeah, it wasn't a story. And then as you go down, like the cinematography is there, the music is there, but the story just leaves you wanting. Mm-hmm. The world building and the CG in this movie is better than all three of those. Oh. Significantly. Like, all right. Like this Don't movie is anything. a 10. Don't spoil anything. Does it end on a cliffhanger? No. It is a start to finish one Okay, so there's no chance that there's going to be a sequel. Probably not. Oh, thank goodness. I like self-contained stories. I like world building. Who's the director of this? This is directed by uh, Gareth Edwards, who's done Gareth such... Edwards. Yeah, he's done, what, a lot of films, right? Yeah, uh, I think he did a Star Monsters, Wars film, too. Rogue One. I mean, yes, Godzilla, yes, son of a bitch, I can't escape it. <laughs> I am a huge Gareth Edwards fan, so I'll see pretty much whatever he does. I didn't know this was out. I Nobody did. Uh... did. It it came out during the writer's strike, and so the marketing oh. stopped immediately, and nobody knew that it came out. So it oh, came out in theaters bad. like the beginning of the summer. It should have been a blockbuster hit this summer. Uh, here's what I will tell you. If I have any feedback to give you, IMDb rated a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. World building, CG, it is a 10 out of 10. Story is a 5 out of 10. Ooh. It struggles with continuity. And a lot of the show is bouncing between um, past events and present events. And so, like, it's very disjointed. But the Is it sepia tone? Piece... No. Nope. Well, there's That's problem. the problem. That's the problem. You can't really tell. There's no... Vi- like, it should have been a black and white, right? <laughs> uh, but it doesn't do enough, I think, to, like, tell a story in a way that makes sense to the human brain, Gareth Edwards. But, dude, the action set pieces in this are stunning. It sounds like the editor needs to go back and make a Snyder cut. Yes. Willie, we've come to the point in the show where we have to talk about something that is, what, 15... 20 years in the making now something that stole everybody's hearts two xboxes ago <laughs> I, I don't even remember uh was grand theft auto 5 you said gta our way at the beginning of the show what does that mean so as we record this two days ago somebody leaked the first trailer for gta 6 Something that people were so excited to watch. The teaser trailer, which is 90 Mm -hmm. seconds long, was supposed to come out on December 5th. But guess what? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Nope. It came out a day (laughs) early. And so Rockstar said, nope, here we go. Our way. Watch Watch the full thing. Dude, have you played GTA games? Yes. I played GTA 5. It was actually one of the first games I got for my Xbox One. It was that and Skyrim. Those were the only two games I had. Did you watch this trailer? Yeah. It looks amazing. I mean, like, the realism, the level of, like... I mean, you're going to get some visceral stuff in this this movie. I honestly... 
yeah, for a second, I couldn't tell if this was like a live action that they were kind of like jumping back and forth. But I think it's all in-game engine. It is. Yeah. It looks crazy. Dude, it's going to be so good. Like the people watching on this is going to be insane. I, I don't know. I haven't kept up with the hype of what a lot of people are doing now around the, like the modding community with GTA five people like a decade later are still playing that game. I think people are just making like challenge courses and uh, yeah, like having races. They're making it into other games, you know, like they're making a rocket league. They're making uh, like a halo version. Like they're just doing PVP in there. It's, it's crazy how this has evolved. But let's be honest, it's it's only gotten this way because Rockstar hasn't given them anything else. Right. It, it, if anything, so we, we had San Andreas last time. This game is in Miami. And dude, the trailer epitomizes Florida. Oh, yeah. It is pure like, Florida. It is. All parts of Florida. Oh, woof. <laughs> you're not, uh, you're not going to join up with the truckabillies? No, based on this trailer, all I'm going to do is sit at the beach. <laughs> the beach is a brothel. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah, this this will probably be, depending on reviews and if they come out with any weird, you know, this is a subscription-only game. You can't buy a physical copy. Some weird stuff like that. Because <laughs> they're going to try and milk everybody for every cent uh-huh. that they can. But this might be a, a day one game. You're going to get it day a, one for you? It might be. Yeah, I could see you doing that. I love these action games where you can throw yourself into a story, become fully immersed in the land, huge map, weapons, guns, uh, scantily clad people, planes, trains, automobiles. Like You can do it all in Grand Theft Auto. You can go everywhere. And, There's nothing out of then, bounds. And then to be able to do that with friends. What mm-hmm. more? What more do you want? It's true. It's true. Ten years ago, I remember playing with uh, coworkers, thinking, this is ridiculous. This is so fun. The age of video games that we are entering versus the age that we're, like, coming out of? Like, it's only getting better, folks. <laughs> we're going to be able to put our video games on our faces soon. Yes. Oh, my God. Could you imagine this? In VR. Oh, oh. Cannot wait. Just right Cannot there. Wait. I seriously never leave the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Now, uh, nothing. Just sitting at the beach. Okay, so listen. We're talking about sequels. It's that time, <laughs> Scott. Time for our review. Lovely Lurkers, this is our review of The Hunger Games. Songbirds of ballads and snakes and ballad of song. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get into the review. It's a Hunger Games sequel. Prequel? Could you call it a prequel? It is some kind of quell. Quell the Districts version one. Um, it, it's officially called the Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Or as I like to call it, the one percenters wet dream. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, bunch, no, bunch of rich people. We've got having kids, seven murder each things other? to cover. Yeah. So, oh God, <laughs> we've got seven things to cover. We're gonna talk about plot, characters, cinematography, soundtrack, direction, cultural relevance, 
and then we're going to give our overall rating. So stick around to the end so that you can hear what our thoughts were, overall thoughts of this movie were. So let's start with plot and storyline. Do you remember the first three movies? Vaguely. I definitely did not go to Wikipedia this morning to remind myself how they went because they were definitely locked in my brain. Do you need a summary? Do you want me to? No, no, I remember. I remember. I I, I did that. I definitely did that. Jennifer Lawrence, super attractive. She wins. She wins everything. You're starting right there. Okay, fine. Sister dies. What what are we talking about? I don't know. Back on track. What do you you think (laughs) of uh, the plot of this movie? In a nutshell, we've got a future villain origin story. How this small, innocent child went from, uh, you know, starving, watching cannibals in the dark days to becoming the murderous psychopath that we all know and love? Sure, in the as Hunger Games. President Snow. This is the uh, the story, the background of Coriolanus Snow. I, I asked somebody else. I asked one of my coworkers this. Did you like the movie Joker? Joaquin Phoenix one? The Walking Penis one? Yes. Did you think watched, it was good? I never watched it. I haven't seen it. You never saw it? Uh-uh. Okay. That is like the epitome of a villain origin story. And okay. it's hard to like say, I really like this movie because you're just basically saying, yes, I want this guy to kill all these people. It causes conflict inside me. And that's what I felt when I was watching this story. But for what it accomplished in our rating system here, I'm giving it a thumbs up because it did a very good job showing us exactly how this guy went from not really good to really bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the like, the, there's a point in this movie where maybe it's the uh, quite literally the third act where it, it took a twist and I wasn't. I was like, what? We're watching a different movie. I know. <laughs> and as we're watching this third act, I'm thinking to myself, like, this movie could have ended. This could could have been done. I can't even remember the Hunger Games. And now I'm watching this movie about people in the woods. What are we doing? Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get down to direction and editing. But you got to give a thumbs up, thumb down for the plot slash storyline. I'm in. All right. We're in. We bought in. We definitely went and saw this movie, paid good money to see it. It didn't disappoint. Number two, characters. Willie, I just want to I want to go over a couple of the main characters here, and I want to get your thoughts on each one. First, we have uh, Glory Hole Anus Snow. Like, there's, felt like... There, there's two distinctly different human beings that play this character. The yeah, first two thirds, and then the last third was a different, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like character number one. I thought was lovable, understanding. All I was thinking to myself was, don't wrong this guy because I like the story they're telling about him. And then you he get into this like Marshall Mathers. Andrew Tate version. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I hate this guy. What happened? In the beginning, though, they, they tried to paint him as this bright eyed and bushy tailed student who was supposed to be a good guy. Like they even had his cousin like grab him by the face saying like, you are good. You are good. When we all know what he becomes, the fact that in the the last third, he, he looks like Eminem from the early days and uh, 
is basically the the living embodiment of the song Stan <laughs> for the last half. Dude, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was like, did I miss something? Did I went to the bathroom a couple times, but I came back and you kind of filled me in, but I, I just felt so disconnected. Next we have uh, Macy Gray, who, you know, just decides to sing the whole movie for some reason. And I guess I get it. They're from the Appalachian Mountains. There's not much to do in District 12 besides drink and make steel. I think that's what their district did. I mean, we're talking but, about the uh, character played by Rachel Ziegler, who is questionable at best nowadays for some of her comments regarding Snow White. Uh, she has been taken off the the Disney uh, tour, the playbill for that movie. I think I don't know if they're doing it anymore. I don't. I'm not familiar with that. But what did you think of her Southern accent? Terrible. <laughs> it was a little pronounced. It was strong. Um, I liked her character though. Don't get me wrong. I thought she played like I, I as far as like believability, like if I can suspend disbelief oh. for a shitty southern accent, I thought she did a phenomenal job on screen. I think she was the strongest actor in the whole movie. 100%. Honestly. But uh they just didn't give her a lot to work with. And finally, Indominus Gall, Viola Davis, she's everywhere. I mean, she can't do any wrong. Like seriously, no. she did such a great job. Uh, it's unfortunate because the like there's a couple of other big named uh, actors. Hunter Schaefer plays Tigress. I don't know who that is. Hunter Schaefer is uh, like a breakout star from Euphoria. Oh, okay. I uh, haven't watched that show. <laughs> it, it don't. It's it's a it's a rough watch, but she does a really great job. She uh she play yeah Tigress. Uh, but then you've got uh, uh what's his name? But I don't think he was one of the mains. He was just a side character, which is Peter Dinklage. Tragic. Yeah. yeah, he was he was in the movie for like what ten minutes. So and characters. The the characters themselves are strong, which is why I gave it a thumbs up. I, okay. I waver a little bit because uh cornhole was a little rough at the end there. For cinematography and visuals, we have a dystopian universe with muted colors of despair throughout. Other than the actual snakes and the uh, the blood that is abundant in this film, everything was very brown. Even when they escape into District 12 and you see the green, Mm -hmm. the water's very dark, the cabin's very dark, the mud is very dark, like... The only thing that really pops is the green and maybe the blue from the birds, the the mocking jays. Mm-hmm. But yeah. everything else is kind of just like there is no color unless you're in the capital. The looks of this film were good. I I bought in. I did not feel any CG because of what I was watching. So thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. I don't, we don't have to belabor this section too much. Cinematography was great. This, Let's this talk. is where uh, this is where you're gonna have to take over. Soundtrack had just as much story as any other section, just as much as characters in this. And Scott, it's it's I, I, a little frustrating that you can't really fully grasp some of the storytelling that was told in song in the the soundtrack itself. And so uh, when you hear Lucy Gray singing oftentimes she's singing songs that directly reflect 
something that Katniss sang or something that the rebellion did in the first three movies. Okay. I thought there was a purpose for them, but as somebody who didn't remember everything that was going on, I'm like, why are we doing this musical number right now? Like, what is, what is the point? I hear the lyrics and I feel like I'm supposed to know something right now, <laughs> but I just this, can't put two and two together. Yeah. There's this folksy song that happens often in the third act around um, sitting by the hanging tree, which is just a morbid yeah, thought. But that is the kind of the anthem of the rebellion in the first three movies. And so, uh, okay, it, it's like they sing it as they're invading the capital, as they're uh, trying to fight to blow up like a resource of some kind in the first movies. And so I like the story. I liked the little breadcrumbs that they're tying into different spots. So for me, music was a thumbs up. Uh, I had to give it a thumbs down because I think there could have been less singing. But now that I now that I hear that it actually means something to the original trilogy, I still give it a thumbs down. Okay. Directing and editing. This is this is probably my biggest thumbs down. And you already kind of brought it up. There were three chapters to this movie. And they definitely let you know that we're just going to take a small break here and announce this is a new chapter. I don't like that. Don't, don't, don't tell me that I'm watching a book. Just make a movie. Just let it flow. I don't even think you needed those chapter things. You could have just said, like, two years later. Something. Anything That would besides... have been more impactful. Yeah. Can you imagine if between chapter two and chapter three... It just said two years later, and then you see Cornhole heading off to District 12 to try to find this person. I would have been enthralled with that story. It would have it would have helped me attach myself more to the characters rather than just think like, oh, okay, there, there's going to be a third act now because we're definitely in the third act. It, it felt like it was treating me like I've never seen a movie before or... I've never read a book before. And as a storyteller, like you just have to let people in and try not to pull them out. And that three times it pulled me out because it also reminded me how long this movie was. Like you were saying, like we could have cut off a lot. Maybe like a half hour of this movie. I didn't realize that it's a two hour and 40 minute movie. (laughs) My wife was like, you're going to see a movie after work. I'm not going to see you for like 13 hours today. <laughs> I'm going to be in bed when you get up and and when you come home. I got a text in the middle of the movie that was like, is the movie not done yet? <laughs> it was a long movie. I, I, I'm with you. We're both giving thumbs down for direction and editing. Simplify. Cut it out. Give us more Hunger Games. So much of this was superfluous. For the impact and cultural relevance, which is weird sometimes to think about when you're talking about movies, I'm giving it a thumbs up because it's a one percenter versus the have-nots. And it's showing like what war can do to a society. It's showing us that underneath we are all potentially good. Or we are all potentially the savage beasts that 
turn this into Purge Jr. every single year for these characters. Lucy Gray says it best when she said, like, there's a line that we all walk up to and we just have to make sure we don't cross over into that. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like the big theme of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I think, like, seeing a movie where you watch a character in uh, Coriolanus cross the line slowly and then justify it. Yeah. I, I would agree. That's the challenge is in the moment. And obviously we've done our best to avoid spoilers here. This spoiler, when he kills that tribute in the hunger games, when he kills that little boy, that's when he broke. Yeah. But, but did the justification in that moment, why he did it, did that make sense to you? Like, could you feel it? Because if I'm thinking about just like the emotional moment of him trying to rescue his friend, hitting this guy, and then the just this old, this built up anger and frustration of what he is being asked to do coming out on this kid, you get it. I, I understand it. The one thing that I feel the movie was really weak at was actually explaining why he needed to become as evil as he does yes they they definitely just lay it all out there and try to make you put it together but i feel they could have walked us down a tighter path saying like through this series of brutal events that exposes him to the evils of the world he is broken beaten and scarred to the point where he is unrecognizable in the third act Mm mm-hmm we get that just very lazily like oh he sees somebody uh eating another human being when he's a small child his father dies he is not gonna win this prize because life's unfair he's being told to do all these things and then the very end where he's tricked and that's what actually like flips the switch for him it just didn't feel believable but they could have done it in such a better way. Like there was so much opportunity there for them to kind of twist this poor human being who wasn't, you know, I mean, he came from wealth. He was a general's son. Hard for me to feel really bad for him. <laughs> uh, but they just, they just missed on several cues that made me want to say like, oh yeah, this is why he becomes a psychopath. Yeah. And I think what it the story's telling is that he became a psychopath out of scorn because of a woman. And and the very end of the movie, where Donald Sutherland reads that line from from the I don't know which movie it was, but I don't know it was a decade ago. That that was meant to like hammer at home, mm-hmm. like whatever you love is what breaks you eventually, or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if if that this movie that we just watched for two and a half hours really, you know, told that story well enough for me to believe this line is actually gonna hit with some weight. Right. And and maybe it it has more staying power, more impact if you have seen the original movies or if you have read the books. Today, like I said, potentially in like the last episode, 
I listened to damn near half of book number one of the Hunger Games. And there's a lot of things that I think were easy that they put in this movie. Like Lucy Gray saying, oh, we're it's too early to pluck this weed out of the ground. Oh, it's yeah. named Katniss. And like when they said that in the movie, I was like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. That's lame. <laughs> now, uh, one of my favorite characters in this entire movie, is it uh, Clemens? Sh- is it Clemens Schick? Who would they play? Who's the guy who played the announcer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, but seriously, Scott, one of my favorite characters uh, was David Schwartzman? Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Dude, so funny. Everything about his character I thought was just like well-timed, good comedic effect. If you don't know, he is uh, meant to play the father of the whoever the Stanley announcer Tucci. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the other Hunger and Games. They, I thought he was the same guy, but yeah. The father. Great casting. Like, what a good. good they look so similar, <laughs> man. Oh, it, and some of his lines were the only comedic value in this entire film, where he's trying to get a dinner reservation in the middle of the Hunger Games. So, so good. So good. <laughs> We've talked a lot about this movie. We've got to give it an overall rating. Do you recommend this movie? I think overall I would give this a 6 out of 10. And if I had to say, yes, you should see it, but wait for streaming. As somebody who has read every one of these books, this movie is a 5 out of 10. But I would also tell you, watch it when it comes out on streaming. And that is our show, Lovely Lurkers. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you like the show, please tell a friend and rate and review wherever you lurk. We appreciate your love. Remember, be kind to one another, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 